We are uh, looking at Article 14. So this is in your books. It's Chapter 17. It's cooperation. Um, it's page 141. Um, and cooperation is as as synonymous with the Southern Baptist Convention as anything that that. Uh, any other term that you could say, I would say cooperation is synonymous because that is that is why we have an organization in the first place, is to cooperate with one another. Um, we believe in autonomy of the local church. We believe that each church has its own ministry that does, um, we, we, we do our own, um, do, do our own work, um, but we also know that we can accomplish more together than we can separately. And so that's why we come together, associate with other churches, and and cooperate both, you know, in a, in a physical sense and in a financial sense. Um, so I'm going to start reading this article, and I'll just stop multiple times through and, and mention things and talk about things. Um, uh, but it says Christ's people should. Um, so first of all, this is this is um, they're they're very specifically talking about born again believers. Um, that is going to make a bit of a difference between which churches you might associate with and which churches you might uh, cooperate with. But it says Christ's people should, as occasion requires, organize such associations and conventions as may best secure cooperation for the great objects of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so we might ask the question right away, um, it, we as a church... Who should we associate with and, and who should be in the conventions that we are a part of? Um, where is that line of fellowship and where do, where do you draw that line, right? So um, for the, the Southern Baptist Convention, it, it is people that ascribe to the, the Baptist faith and message. Um, but at a local level, our church might cooperate with churches that were not Southern Baptists say we, we might do something together with a non-denominational church or might do something together with a Methodist church or things like that. So how do you determine which churches you would cooperate with and which ones you wouldn't? Um, and that comes down to I, basically uh, a theological question. What do people say about God and how people are saved? I think it's really that simple. So the way that um, the way that I'll explain it is is this: uh, we understand the triune God. We understand God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, the, the the very simple things, not every single thing, but the very simple things we say about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Those things are what we would call first level issues. What you think about God is going to affect everything about your spiritual life. So if we encounter people, like the very simple thing, so if we encounter people that say that Jesus is not God, that he was not divine, well, we won't cooperate with people um, that, that believe that because that's going to change the way they present the gospel. That's going to change the reason and the, and, and the, the, the way that they do missions. That's going to change pretty much everything. Um, if, if obviously, if, if we encounter, and, and there are what you, what, what, would be labeled as Christian churches that believe in other gods or multiple gods. We certainly wouldn't cooperate with them. Um, and and there, there are people that have um, some, some unbiblical views of the Holy Spirit. 
Some people believe that the Holy Spirit is not God. Some people um, believe that the Holy Spirit does things that, that he, do, he does not do, and others uh, uh, has, has other issues. And so they would have to nail down the very basic things about God himself. Now, within the doctrine of God is also the doctrine of Scripture. Um, it's, it's just inseparable because Scripture is the, the, the method that God chose to reveal himself to us. Who, who is God? Well, Scripture tells us that. Scripture answers that question. Um, what we don't need is somebody to go walking around in nature and say, okay, I've figured out who God is. Yes, the Bible says that there is, no, there is enough of God in nature to reveal his divine attributes. But that is not as much information as we have. And, and you, want, you want to use the information and the tools that God has given you. So can we look at creation and say there is a God? I believe so. I believe that that is a very clear answer that we can say there is a God based on nature. Um, can we look at nature and say that God is good? I, I believe that that's also another yes. We can say that God is good. But can we look at nature and say that God sent his son Jesus to die for us? No, we, we don't get that information. That's, the, the, nature is general revelation and, and scripture is specific revelation. And so we need that to know who God is, to know the, the more specific divine attributes of God. So for me, Scripture is definitely what people believe about Scripture is, is going to be built into that. And so those that would be a first-level issue. And then the other first-level issue, and after that, you kind of would back away and say, okay, so we can fellowship even if we don't agree with everything. It's, it's, it's salvation. How is a person saved? Okay, so what does that gospel message look like? So how do they present the gospel? Um, Jesus set an example for us. Um, even before he preached the Sermon on the Mount, he was telling people to repent. Um, so a gospel presentation, a full gospel presentation, if that's what the setting requires, is going to have to confront people with their sin and uh, indicate that God demands that they repent of those sins, that they turn away from those sins. In fact, um, if you read scripture, you find that repentance and faith, they are two sides of the same coin. You cannot be trusting God and still hanging on to your old ways. You just can't do that. When you trust God, which is, which is faith, you are going to have to let go of your old ways. They are, they are the same thing. And so when people uh, preach a gospel, but they don't talk about repentance, if they don't talk about you know, sin and, and, and turning away from sin, then that would be, an, that would be a, a non-fellowship issue because they're, they're not dealing with the, the reason that Jesus came to this earth. When we look at the gospel, what they proclaim, what they, what they teach, um, the Bible makes it abundantly clear what the gospel is. It is the death, burial, and resurrection and post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. The Bible makes that very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So when we look at what the, what the substance of the gospel is that they teach, if they teach something else. Um, so for example, if you have people that teach, you must be baptized to be saved, or baptism imparts salvation, or partaking of the Lord's Supper impart salvation. If they add things to the what the Bible says the gospel is, that's that's going to be a fellowship issue. We're not going to fellowship and cooperate with those folks because they are teaching a works-based salvation. Very common, very common among some of the denominations that you'll see when you ride up and down the highway here is that they'll teach something like that, either baptism or Lord's Supper or something like that. Usually they'll link with that, that you have to be a faithful attender. You have to be you know faithfully involved in, in church. And so 
what that becomes ultimately is it becomes a manipulation of people because if you have to have this and you have to have that and, and you have to have these things that the church provides, then then it's not ultimately Jesus that is saving you. It's the church that's saving you. And so then you you have to you have to be with the church. So the way that we understand the gospel is that it doesn't belong to the church. Salvation does not belong to the church. It belongs to God, right? And so the church is is the method that God has ordained for us to, to, to serve this world through, through ministry to other believers and through missions and evangelism to those that are lost. So, so God, the, the, church, the church is like a, a, a conduit to ministry. Can you do ministry outside the church? Absolutely. People do it every day. Uh, but God established the church for us to well, remind the world of who he is, warn the world that he's coming back, proclaim the gospel, minister to other believers. It is the way that we gather together and cooperate. So the, the church has a, has a meaning and a purpose, but it is not what saves us. And the church should not control people. It should not manipulate people. It should not hold their salvation over their head. The church should do none of those things. So if you have that, so if you have, you know, the cohesive teaching about God that, that agrees with Scripture, the people agree with Scripture, you have a gospel that, that, that is a biblical gospel that, that demands that the, the sinner repent and then presents the truths of Jesus Christ and, and, and states that the only way to to, to gain salvation is faith in Jesus, then we can cooperate. Um, we can cooperate with people that don't believe the same way we do about the book of Revelation. We can cooperate with people who don't believe the same way we believe, uh, I would say, with the method of baptism. As long as they don't believe that baptism saves you, uh, if some people are sprinkling, some people are immersing, I believe that we can fellowship and cooperate with those people. Now, we probably would be a different denomination, obviously, but but I don't think that that, that cuts us away to where we couldn't. Your Methodist friends are still believers, right? As far as that goes, that, that's, that's what we're talking about, Presbyterians. Um, People that believe the same thing about God and the same thing about salvation, we can have fellowship with them. Um, now, this is specifically talking about other Southern Baptist churches, but what defines that? Well, you, you agree with the Baptist faith message, which is going to narrow things down a lot. Um, but it states that Christ people should, as occasion requires, organize associations and conventions. So what are some times where that should happen? Well, if we have a job that's bigger than one church, then that's definitely a time to do that. So we are a part of the Shelby Baptist Association, and in, in that role, um, the, the ministry is to the entire county of Shelby County, um, but also our uh, association has partnerships where they go and they minister in different places. So they've told us about some of these things that, that they are doing. They've got, you know, a connection in, in uh, Alaska where they're, they're serving in Alaska, but, but also it's international missions and, and they have international missions that they do, that they go on. And so those are big things. You know, our church, the size that it is, would have difficulty having any part whatsoever in an international mission right now. We would have difficulty having any part whatsoever, even in, say, taking a group and going to Alaska and doing something. That'd be difficult for us. But we are a part of that because we are a part of the Shelby Baptist Association. Um, and then with conventions, also, there are other things that are very important. So um, 
I don't know if you guys are familiar. Um, this is a state uh, uh, Baptist thing, but uh, if you've ever heard of ALCAP, please don't ask me what all the letters mean. But what this is, uh, and it's usually an individual, and I know the individual that that was a part of it. Um, he, I, I think he's actually passed away, and 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 they're working on getting a new person in. But in the state board of missions, there is a missionary, and and his job is pretty much to engage with. Um, state representatives and state government, um, and at least inform them of of the biblical position on on issues, and let them know whether Alabama Baptists support or reject what kind of legislation they're moving through. So every time they try to roll through legalized gambling and things like that, well, ALCAP is standing there saying, "Hey, Alabama Baptists don't want this." Um, when they try to roll out legalized marijuana. ALCAP is standing there saying Alabama Baptists don't want that. Now, that's not a lobbyist. That's that's different. Lobbyist money's changing hands and all that. Well, in this case, they're, they're just saying it's almost like what the ERLC is, um, where they they stand before, you know, the, the, the elected officials and say, hey, this is this is not ethical or this is ethical. This is not moral or this is moral. This is this goes against scripture's teaching or it doesn't. And some people may say, well, why would the, 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 the uh, Republicans or Democrats, why would the politicians care what, what Christians say? Well, Christians still do have the right to vote. As of now, we have the right to vote. And so um, what, what happens um, is because there are a tremendous number of Southern Baptists living in Alabama, if the representative from ALCAP goes to the state legislator and says, hey, we don't support this, because we're cooperating, we are speaking with one voice. And sometimes, you know, things that would be bills that would go and get voted on, they die because of that cooperation. And so that's an important thing that we recognize. So there's a number of times and reasons why we might would cooperate. Um, so it goes on to say such organizations have no authority over one another or over the churches. This is the Baptist way. So the Southern Baptist Convention cannot come to Macedonia North Baptist Church and tell us what we should do or what we have to do. They can't mandate anything to us. We are autonomous. We are separate in that way. We govern ourselves. Um, the understanding um, that, that we have is that God establishes churches. And in those churches, he puts everything that that church needs. And so when we're going to vote on, a, on, a, on some kind of situation, within the church is enough wisdom and guidance and power of the Holy Spirit for us to make the right decision. That's what we believe. And that's how we have to believe. Because the reality is, um, I think we're probably all able to admit that there's probably times where a church makes the wrong choice. Uh, the whole majority votes and the whole majority is wrong. There's probably been some times that that's happened in the past. Now, it's disturbing to hear that and to think about that, but that's probably true that we've voted and, and that hasn't been right. That wasn't what God wanted and, and we made a mistake. But we as a, as a local organization can correct course and change course much quicker. We're more nimble than, say, a national organization. And so if the national organization tells every church, you've got to do this, well, every church does it, and then they were wrong. Well, now in, in, in Southern Baptist circles, that means you've got, you know, I don't know, I think we got like 60,000 churches or something crazy like that. You've got all these churches now that have implemented something because you told them to, and they've all got to change. 
And you know how we love change, right? And so that's one thing that we have to recognize is that the church is not, we're not subservient to these, these associations and conventions and, and other organizations that might be, um, that might be involved. And so if you reach a point, um, and this is important, if you reach a point where the Southern Baptist Convention or the association or some other organization you're part of no longer speaks for you and your church, that would be the time to disassociate and find other churches to cooperate with. Um, but, you know, for, for us, we are not, I don't think we're there. So this goes on to say they are voluntary and advisory bodies uh, designed to elicit, combine, and direct the energies of our people in the most effective manner. Um, so would we ever go to the association for advice? Yeah, we would. I mean, we have, and, and, and we will again. I mean, we, we do because we don't know everything, and, we, and we're ready to admit that. But we go and we get information from the association or information from the state board or even information from the Southern Baptist Convention, and then we use that information to make informed decisions within the church. That's, that's how that works. Um, and so, yes, they are advisory boards, and, and, and we voluntarily participate with these. We're not compelled to participate with them. Um, you know, and, and there's going to be times where the, the association or the state board or the convention, there's going to be times that they serve us. There's going to be times that they do something that, that helps us. And then there are going to be times where we do things that help them, that, ways that we serve them. Um, and so one thing um, that, that, that we do is we give offerings. Um, so there is this one big fund called the Cooperative Program that, that, that our church gives to and most Southern Baptist churches give to. That fund is a national fund, um, but it goes to a global purpose global missions. And so there is, there is uh, the, the global missions arm of the Southern Baptist Convention is known as the International Mission Board, funded by the Cooperative Program. And the, what, what we have called home and local missions in the past is now the North American Mission Board, NAM, and it, and it, and it goes towards North America, just like it sounds. Um, and so th those two big funds, we, we know they go there. We give to our association. Um, some of the gifts that we give go to the state board of mission uh, in, in different ways. And so that is how we serve them. And occasionally they, they serve us in different ways. And so it is a mutual relationship. Um, and there are other ways. Um, so as the association does their business. They occasionally ask some of our members to serve on a committee. Um, they have a nominating committee just like churches do, and occasionally they reach out and, and you know, maybe, maybe you've had the joy of being nominated by the association to do something, and if not, just hang in there. You, you eventually will. It's kind of like jury duty. It comes around, um, but at, at some point, you're, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna be a part of that, and, and so they're, they're gonna get you to serve there, but also uh, Brother Rick may come along and say, hey, we got a mission trip and we're going to this place. We just want to know if anybody in your church wants to go. And one or two people may say, hey, yeah, I want to go. I've got the, the vacation time. I, I can afford to do it. I want to go. And so that would be a way that we would be cooperating and, and going and being a part of that. So all of those things um, can happen and so much more. Um, I'm thinking of the disaster relief teams, you know, the chainsaw teams and the mobile kitchens and things like that. There's all kinds of ways where they can mobilize. In fact, uh, when I was uh, going to visit my mom on Friday, we passed a truck, and I, you can see it a long ways coming. That that it was a disaster relief truck, and 
I know that, that 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 Shelby County didn't get the patent on, but you remember they had those Ram, the 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 3500 Rams. Well, that's the kind of truck I passed. It was a white 3500 Ram. Uh, so they had the trailer with the disaster relief logo, and you can see that from a long ways off. And and I saw that Ram, and I thought. Hmm. I wonder if that's Shelby County going and doing something. And that's really cool to even think about that, that we might be going, you know, all over the state or even further and, and, and doing those kinds of things. And um, while we may not currently have somebody on that team, our gifts are helping, you know, fund that ministry so that they can go to places that are in need. So that's, uh, that's a really neat thing. And that's part of our cooperation. So members of New Testament churches should cooperate with one another in carrying forward the missionary, educational, and benevolent ministries uh, for the extension of Christ's kingdom. So going back to the first century for a moment, um, one of the underlying themes in several of Paul's letters when he was writing to Gentile churches, especially churches in Greece, he was writing to them to, you know, to address issues, correct problems, things like that. But an underlying issue was that he was taking up an offering for the church in Jerusalem. Um, those churches were mostly Gentile churches, and, and, and they were taking up and collecting an offering for a mostly Jewish church in Jerusalem that had fell on hard times. And so that was a very early example of financial cooperation in, in which in which they were um, th th they were they were taking from one area that had you know extra where God had blessed them to an area that was was struggling and and and, and they were being a benefit and being a blessing to that church um, in the first century an example of um, I guess you would say churches helping in 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 biblical teaching. Um, so an undercurrent in a, in some of Paul's letters was the fact that there were some people that believed that when you got saved, you also had to become a Jew and follow Jewish traditions. Um, and so Paul took you know that case up in Jerusalem. There was a council of Christians, um, former or not former disciples of Jesus, but people that had been disciples of Jesus. Now they're apostles. Uh, Paul was there as well. They had this conversation. They came up with a a uh, a statement that is recorded in Scripture, and then that statement was then distributed among the churches. And so that was a way to settle conflict or settle disputes, and that was definitely a cooperation there. So there's any number of ways that we can see in the first century that churches were co cooperating, and so it's important that we remember we still need to cooperate in those ways. Um, and, and so we have a common goal, we have a common end, and so surely we should cooperate any way that we can. But notice the end of that sentence, for the extension of Christ's kingdom. That's why we're cooperating. We're not just going to get together so that we can have a bigger Easter egg hunt. We're not just going to get together so that we can have a bigger you know, crowd for this thing or whatever. We're getting together for the extension of Christ's kingdom. So if it is building or working towards the, the expansion of the kingdom of God, absolutely. If it's just because we wanted to, maybe not so much. And so we have to recognize the differences there. Um, it goes on to say Christian unity in the New Testament uh, sense is spiritual harmony and voluntary cooperation for common ends by various groups of Christ's people. Um, harmony is different than unison. Um, unison is everybody on the same note. Harmony is everybody singing the same song, and it sounds good. Um, and there's a big difference between that. When we think about um, the different churches, if, if, if you have been to very many churches, even Southern Baptist churches, 
there's a lot of differences. There are a lot of differences. And as we've studied this statement of faith here, I know it seems like it says a lot, but there's a whole bunch of room for people to believe different things and all still be able to sign off on the Southern Baptist faith and message. And so we have to recognize that, that there's going to be different beliefs. There's going to be different views on things. There's going to be different practices, different ways of doing things. Um, and so all of that is going to happen, but churches that cooperate can have harmony so long as nobody is of the mindset that it is, there is only one way to do things. Um, we, we can't have that mindset. Um, is, is there only one way to understand the Holy Trinity? Yes, the biblical way. Is there only one way to proclaim the gospel? Yes, the biblical way. Is there only one way to set up an order of service? No, there's many different ways to set up an order of service. Is there more than one way to, to do Sunday school or to do discipleship or to do vacation Bible school? I mean, we've explored with multiple ways of doing these things. And so we know for a fact that there are more than, there's more than one way. So you have to understand, is this, a level, is this a situation that would divide us or is this a situation in which we could just harmonize? Um, and certainly that's an important thing. Um, but voluntary cooperation, nobody's mandating anything. Nobody mandated anything in the first century. Nobody's forcing us to do anything now. You can be a Southern Baptist church, uh, member of the or a member of the Southern Baptist Convention in good standing without giving money. You, you can do that. Um, our church chooses to give money, and that's a good thing, but you don't have to um, because it is a voluntary thing. There's nothing um, that, that compels us to do that unless God himself leads us to. Um, so again, for common ends by various groups of Christians uh, or various groups of Christ people. Cooperation is desirable between the various Christian denominations when the end to be attained is itself justified and when such cooperation involves no violation of conscience or compromise of loyalty to Christ and his word as revealed in the New Testament. So, like, for example, when you have the, uh, like the White House prayer breakfasts and things like that, absolutely you're going to have representatives from different denominations. But the goal there is, is to, to present a united Christian front of, of people that are willing to, to, to go to Washington or, or, or to, to, to spend time praying for our nation and praying for our nation with our nation's leaders while they pray for the nation's leaders. Like, that's a whole... Um, it's a very important ministry and, and a, you know, a number of different churches from a number of different denominations are going to be there and be a part of it. So there are times when even from other denominations, you're going to need to join together and minister in that way. Um, you know, these little towns, um, in, in Alabama and I know other places too, uh, Normally, there's a couple of two or three different churches in every little downtown area. There's going to be a Baptist church and a Methodist church and maybe a Presbyterian or something like that. And they're all going to be reasonably small if you're talking about small town uh, America, small town Alabama. And there's going to be times that they cooperate on things um, and, and they're going to need to. Uh, you let you, you know, a natural disaster or something happens and all the churches are going to join together and minister or they better. They should. I mean, that would be I would believe a, a, a godly thing for them to do is join together and minister together. Um, cooperation among Christians is very, very important. Uh, when we think about our church, just so that we know what we are doing, and if we want to think about doing more, that is definitely uh, important. But 
but we give through the association, through the Southern Baptist Convention, through the special missions offerings that we do. We cooperate with other churches um, and, and, and for mission work and for things like that. We also, I know that we do have at least one individual serving on a committee uh, in the in the Shelby Baptist Association right now, and there are other uh, others that that give of their time and volunteer and serve in different ways and and there, there's so much more that we probably can do, could do, uh, but we have cooperation already, and, and certainly there's there more that, that needs to be done. Um, but things that aren't Southern Baptist per se, you think about the joint choirs that we have done, um, the ways that we have cooperated with things like that, and, and other um, events that we may do that involve other churches, we invite other churches to, and, and you know, uh, if, if churches do something, they invite us. Uh, one time I've been a part of where the choir went to another church and we sang. Um, and, you know, those are wonderful things and, and they probably happen too seldomly. I mean, we probably need to do more uh, than, than what we are doing. But the, the reality is it's important that we cooperate. We can, and, and that's the basic premise that the Southern Baptist Convention is, is, is built on. We can do more together than we can do separately. Um, uh, the little memory verse that they have there is a good way to close out. It says, we are God's co-workers. Um, it's not a Baptist show. It's not a Methodist show. It's not a Presbyterian show. It's not a Lutheran show or an Episcopalian show. It's God's show. Uh, we might have some differences about how we believe and how we interpret the Bible, but if we know the same God and we believe in the same gospel and we preach the same gospel, we can cooperate. And that's what we as believers need to strive for is that kind of cooperation. All right, any questions or comments? All right, well, let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the time to gather together. and. Um, I thank you for uh, your bride as it is expressed in all the different churches, those that are near us, those that are far away from us. We think about the churches that work together in the Southern Baptist Convention to do missions and to do ministry, and um, there's so many faithful people. Um, but we also know that your church is global. There are churches that may have to meet underground in China there are small pockets of Christians throughout the Middle East that they meet despite the fact that if they were found out, they might be um, ostracized from their community or even worse, they may be executed for their faith. We understand that all over the world there are Christians walking in boldness and doing um, what you have called them to do. You've called each of us to be outside of this world, serving uh, in, in, in ministry, but also in evangelism and discipleship and missions. And so, Father, I pray that you help us in every way possible to cooperate with other believers, to share the gospel wherever it needs to be shared. We want to make sure that all over the world, People know that you are God and your son is our savior and that you are calling us through the power of your Holy Spirit. You are calling us to be your people. We look in the Bible and in the Old Testament, you called out a people. You called out Israel from among the Egyptians to be your people. And we look in the New Testament and we learn that you are calling out a people from all over the world to be your people. 
and it is the, the, the role and the responsibility of the churches all over the world to, to be a part of that calling out. And so I pray that you help us to cooperate in any way possible, in any way fruitful, to be the, the voice of the gospel to a world that is, is, is sinking deeper and deeper into sin and secularism and everything else. The world needs to hear from you, and I pray that you would use us as the mouthpiece. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.